Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined by my running partner, Molly Williams. Hello, hello, hello. What you been up to since the last hour since we finished running? <laughs> uh, oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> Shower, not much. Let the dogs out. <laughs> so, um, so the score this morning was Sarah four, Molly one. I know it was very sad in terms of I pennies. Ran right by some pennies. Uh, so I was on the inside track, and Sarah looks over my shoulder and says, "Penny, penny!" <laughs> and even as she was picking them up, I didn't see them. It's been a sad morning. Sarah picking up invisible pennies. Yeah, I found one, and I think Sarah saw it first and just let me no, have it. No, you totally. I did not see that at oh, all. Oh, thank you. Thank I did you, not Sarah. see it until. Yes. We're leaning down. Yep. Yeah. No. So that was yours, fair and square. And after I bought a new car, you think you should give me some money? I'm totally broke. <laughs> I know. I was wondering if you broke out the the change I'm to pay have for the new to. car. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was your new car is beautiful. Yeah. The transmission went out on our minivan, and our minivan is uh, 12 years old and uh, probably worth three or four thousand dollars. And the transmission is going to cost that much. So we bit the bullet, and we are going to be broke for the next. I don't know. Right, however decade. long you're loaning. Yes, it's going to be forever. <laughs> so uh, all the spare change is going to have to go to the the car. Right. You're going to have to dip into your jar. <laughs> Get those quarters out. <laughs> Somebody did suggest to me recently that we should, um, they said, oh, you should take your found change and go out to dinner with Molly. And I'm like, it wouldn't pay for dinner. And I'm like, maybe each, well, your $10 would go a long way. We could go to 7-Eleven and we could get uh, some burritos and uh, a couple of bottles of water and some cigarettes. I think we, yeah, we could maybe do that. And well, we could, I don't know. Cigarettes are expensive these days. Yeah, we could just sit on the curb and, uh, <laughs> and we can beg for change. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I know some good spots. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so then I said, oh, well, you know, maybe we would just go out and get, you know, a glass of wine or something and maybe a I don't know little uh, tapas or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, but then I was like, oh, I don't oh, know. We go we go get a acacia how do you say them? Not acacia bowls. What are they called? Acai bowls. Acai bowls. Yes. Yeah, we'll go get acai bowls. There that you that'll go. take more than ten dollars to get a couple acai bowls. <laughs> it truly yeah. will. It truly will. That yeah. is the new thing, isn't it? Those acai bowls. I don't know whether it's just that we're now aware of it yeah. or I don't know. But they they are mighty good. Mighty good. So, um, so Molly, I ran a, a race of 10K on. <laughs> I heard. You not, yes, you blew it out of the water in your 10K. I, you know, I've been with you with the training. I haven't done the speed work with you. I've seen you getting faster. I knew you could do well. I didn't think you'd do that well. Really? Tell me honestly what you thought I, I'd do. I thought you would have to pull back at about the halfway part, point to about an 820. And um, you made, I mean, your average. Well, I did. I did. For mile four and five, I went to eight, 824, 825. Oh, okay. Not on purpose. But your average speed uh, for the whole thing, which is amazing, because I thought you were going to average more like more like an 820. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you would slow down even a little bit more than that. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm 
again, I am really impressed with your staying power. Oh, thanks. And that is what I lack. uh, Because you can really hang in there with the pain. And uh, I thought you'd do more like a 53. And what'd you do? 51? 5103. Yeah. 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 I'm very impressed. I'm really very impressed. I'm impressed with you and I'm impressed with Brie and her plan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that was the thing that I hadn't done a ton of long fast pieces. You know, I didn't, you know, it was two minutes, four minutes, Yeah. you know, with, with, or sometimes she'd bump, you know, be bump up to rate of perceived exertion seven and then go to five and then seven, five, seven. But it didn't ever seem like it was a super long time of hugging the pain. Which is why I'm surprised that you could hang in there at that fast pace for that long. I know. Well, and then this morning when we just had to do little 30 second blips of just picking it up a little, I was like, how did I ever do this Mm -hmm. for, you know, 51 minutes? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It was... It's definitely magic, I think. But you were also telling me that even though you, you did slow down, but mm-hmm. you're, you didn't feel like you slowed down very much. No. Mm-mm. And you did, you weren't looking at your watch. I did not. I uh, did, Well, so Brie had told me to go out in the first mile and not look at my watch at all because she felt it would hold me back. Mm-hmm. She wanted to see what I was capable of. And then what she wanted me to do was at the mile, see what my split was, and then drop my splits by five or ten seconds per mile after that Mm. and when i looked down and saw that i'd run a 754 for the first mile yeah that plan went out the window Uh and um so then i said okay i'm just gonna run a rate of perceived exertion seven Uh and so that um uh yeah so that i mean that's what i did and then you know i definitely tried to like stay with some people and um but did you get to the point where you felt like, okay, I got to slow it down because I got three more miles. I got to slow it down because I got two more miles. Or did you feel like, I got this, I've got this, I've got this? No, it, was, it wasn't so much as I got to slow down. It was, I got to hang on to this. I got to hang on to this. Uh-huh. But you felt like you could. Uh, it was a challenge. It was uh-huh. for sure a big challenge. Because um, obviously my pace did slow when I thought I was still doing as hard as possible. But you didn't really think you were slowing, did you? You know, the interesting thing is I thought I slowed down in miles two and three. Mm. And then when I looked at the stats, it turns out I slowed down in miles four and five. So, um, yeah, it was more just, I don't know. I mean, I definitely, miles four and five, I was trying to keep up with some people. There was a guy that I was trying to hang with. Um, there was a woman I was gaining on a little bit, so I was trying to catch up to her. I mean, it was quite a long ways off, but I was trying to catch up to her. And so I didn't really feel like I slowed down, but that's because if you're running by rate of perceived exertion, by that point, a seven is you're tired. So, so the tiredness is added into that seven. So maybe I was, you know, so that pace was slower, but it felt as hard as it had felt earlier when I was fresher. Mm -hmm. Um, and I told you um, I mean that it was crazy how like alive my mm-hmm. legs felt in that first mile that it was just, I honestly didn't feel like I had two limbs. I felt like I just had a, a ball of energy beneath me like this, like wheels pinpricks of light and energy. Wow. It was, it was metaphysical. You, um, were, you were tapered. You were ready to go. I was ready to go. And I had done my dynamic flexibility drills and um, lunge matrix and, you know, little strides and everything like that. And I I was quite the hermit there. You were in your bubble. I was. I was in my bubble. I had my earbuds on and I was off, you know, in kind of a private area that Mm -hmm. it was like a, like a parking lot that they weren't letting regular people park in. And so I just, you know, it was open to pedestrians. So I just went and made it my own and um, left a bottle of 
um, noon energy there. And yeah, so I was, I was antisocial, although then right when I was so then standing right toward the start, um, turns out I knew the MC. And so he came over and he's like, oh, Sarah Bowen Shay. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then I saw this woman, Kelly Bither, who is a, um, running coach just outside of Portland who, um, works with these, um, like trains, women's training groups. And I've done some events with her, like some wine brunches that were super fun a couple of years ago. So I saw her and I was pretty nervous. And so it was so nice to look over and be like, oh, a friendly face. And, oh, that's good. I, and I yell out to her, I'm like, take pictures, take horizontal pictures because <laughs> they're better for the vlog. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I was, I was really, you know, I was disappointed when I saw that I had missed my 50, you know, minutes goal by four seconds, mm. but it wasn't until the race that I suddenly realized I kept thinking I had to run 50.00. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize like, oh, a 50.59 counts as a 50. Sure. So I wish I'd had that revelation earlier because, and I just wish I'd look down occasionally to see what my time was. Cause I definitely, I always get into a race and I think I'm doing the best I can. It'll be what it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, sh- I should have pushed a little harder. Oh, you think so? Do you think if you would have gone out slower, it would have made a difference? No, I think I, uh, I think I needed to gain that time. I think I need to bank that time. Oh, I don't think it was a case of like a half marathon where you're going to then lose because I was able to Mm -hmm. pick it back up again in the final 1.2 miles. Okay. Yeah. So, um, like I definitely uh, occasionally, uh, I, I see, I'm not able to look at my watch and see what my cumulative time is and my pace or, you know, like I can't see more than one thing. Mm-hmm. Like when just I looked because up. of your eyes, not your, um, I think it's just, I can't take it all in. Like yeah. I just look really quickly and, and but look your watch away. has it on. There yes, it does have yeah. it all at the uh-huh. same time. I just can't perceive it all at the same time. I can't absorb it at the same time. And so I looked down occasionally and there, my pace was seven something at that point. Yeah. Um, so, so your last mile, what, what do you think your last mile was? Well, my last mile was right around what my total average was. I think my last mile was eight eleven, but, mm-hmm. um, but I dropped underneath eight sometimes in that final mile. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. It must have felt great to come sprinting across the finish line. It did. I was tired. I mean, it was a long, long straight away to that finish arch. And uh-huh. so it was like, oh, come on. It's got to get here. It's got to get here. Uh-huh. Like, can I hang on long enough? Um, so yeah, it was, it was very, very exciting. And Brie had told me that in the race plan. She was like, this is going to be a lot of fun, Sarah, that you're mm-hmm. going to like really enjoy this. Well, I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. And you came in first in your age group. I came in first in my age group and 38th overall. Uh, not out of 39. <laughs> out of like how many? <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh, Jack said the same thing to me. Um, I, there were more than 500 people in the yeah. race. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, you know, that's, I don't, I can't even do percentage wise, you know, better than top 10%. I know. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I'm very impressed. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, this leads us right into today's topic, which is 10K races. Why folks love them, hate them, step up to them, scale back for them. We're going to be joined by four other runners to talk about 10K races they run, and sprinkled in will be voice memos from other gals talking about their 6.2-mile races. Like this voice memo from Jody in Canada. This is Jody calling from Kingston, Ontario in Canada. I'm a mother runner of two girls, ages 9 and 12, and actually just ran a 10K last weekend with my 12-year-old daughter. My 9-year-old was running the 5K. I actually don't run 10Ks very often since I'm more a distance runner, actually training for my first marathon right now. Um, but nonetheless, we decided to sign up for this local race. It was to be my daughter's second 10K. 
And I noticed when I was registering the motto or the tagline of the race was tough course, great people. That really should have been the first red flag, but uh, we'd never run it before. So ignorance is bliss, went ahead and registered and then met the race director at the bib pickup where he told us that this was not a course for PRs, that we would be facing five hills times two on the out and back course, that we should expect intense headwinds on the way out and to essentially feel like we were running in an oven on the way back. I figured this has to be like the worst marketing I'd ever heard and I kind of hoped that it was a little bit of a joke and we had a little twisted sense of humor. But no, he was actually just telling the truth of the day as we came to realize it was a suffer fest. I mean, most demoralizing course I've maybe ever been on. Later, someone, when they learned that we had run the 10K, called us masochists. So I guess the course had a bit of a reputation. We did have a goal of reaching a sub 60 minute 10K and we knew that the course, once we were out on it, might influence how much we could go under an hour, but we wanted to go for it anyway, maybe because uh, the race director said that we shouldn't expect to have a great race, so it felt like a little bit of a dare, Um, but we just hung in there, we just kept on keeping on basically and we did come in under an hour my daughter set a PR and won her age group so we felt pretty badass and proud and it was just a good lesson in seeing that we can do hard things but uh, make no mistake (laughs) the next race that we're scheduled for another 10k next month I immediately emailed that race director to see what the elevation map might look like Anyways, I don't race 10Ks very often, but uh, despite the difficulty of the day or probably because of it, this is definitely going to be one that I'm really proud of. And one reason we want to talk about 10Ks, this distance is on the rise in popularity. A lot of rock and roll events are adding 10K races in addition to their existing marathon or half marathons. And then Shalane Flanagan, who is headed to Rio next month for the Olympic marathon and who won a bronze medal in the 2012 Olympics in the 10K in London, recently set a new American women's record for the distance. You ready for it, Molly? 30 minutes, 52 seconds. That's faster than I can run it. It is? It, it is. is, yeah. Just that's a little. Very, isn't that impressive? It is. That, that's real good there, Shalane. You did, you did good, Shalane. So at 30 minutes, I'm at like mile, I don't know, <laughs> three and a half. <laughs> so, so she ran 30 minutes, 52 seconds, and that's 11 seconds faster than the previous record, which Shalane had set last September. So, um, so I think she's going to just really rip it up down there in Rio. So that's exciting. So, um, but first, Molly, you know, you're no stranger to the 10K distance. I am not. You're not. So tell folks about the local series that you do. Um, well, it's the Oregon Roadrunners Club 10K series, and you sign up for six races, and the cost is about $100, so that gets the race It's price. a bargain. It's a total bargain, and uh, there are small races that are on the outskirts of Portland, and there's usually maybe a couple hundred people that come out for each race and it is definitely all uh, shapes and sizes and ages and there's runners and there's walkers and uh, it's just a really nice community event you see the same people Um, I've really enjoyed it and there's special prizes they always have some special prize the garlic festival you get garlic oh you do yep Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes you get socks sometimes you get uh 
So I always thought, I always thought you got pies. No, no, see, you are mistaken. There is also a raffle. Oh. And then the raffle, they raffle off prize and they also raffle off socks and cups and things like that. So the pies are not a prize. Oh, uh, or you're, which is hard to say. The pies are not no, a prize. They, they're the raffle. So when you sign for the 10K series, you're signed up for a special raffle, which I have not won and I'm still bitter about. But you always get <laughs> raffle tickets for the raffle at the end and that gets people to stay for the award ceremony. They give out uh, age group prizes up to six deep for, you know, every like 10 age group. They give a master's prize um, and then, you know, first woman, second, you mm-hmm. know, uh, first man, that kind of thing. So it, it I, I often go home with a ribbon or, or something uh-huh. and, uh, or they usually, the food is stuff like uh, they'll have the Lions Club come out and they do soup or you get homemade uh, cinnamon rolls or oh it's always something nice. kind of local and, and fun. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're really fun. I encourage everybody to do them or look for your local races. And I don't really train for those. You know, I just since they're scattered throughout the year, it's like, oh, there's that 10k. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go out and do it. That's the day's run, you mm-hmm. know, and it's a nice gauge to see how, you know, my body's feeling and you know Although what the time is. you do are. have a um a friend of ours who is your race nemesis. Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> you always like a good nemesis. I, I do. I do. I, I, Julie Carter, if you're listening, you always beat me except for this last race. And that was because like you were practically, you know, off the sick bed. Uh, but uh, thank you for letting me beat you once, Julie. I appreciate that. I always I always look forward to, to racing you, seeing how, how far behind I am. But yeah, for, for once, I had my day in the sun. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, so, but that is the nice thing I would think in a series is that you get to see a lot of the same runners over and over. You do. And there's some people that I always, I'm not like sure what they look like, but I see them on the race board and I'm like, oh, there's, there's that Amy. Yeah. She beat me this time. I beat her last time. Mm -hmm. You know, I can kind of see how that goes. It's funny because I did think that, that, um, that since I'm not a, a fixture on the local race circuit, that if people were at the Twilight race that I just did they were probably like wait a minute who's this Sarah Shea chick and like why yeah. is she in my age group and what's up with that that that's totally true and when you when I age up into the next group I'm like oh I gotta run with those ladies they're they're fast <laughs> right. uh, they were out of my age group for a while and I gotta compete against them yeah 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 so and I was so bummed there were no age group uh nothings. I know see if you did an ORRC you would have gotten a, a blue ribbon I know I, I was I, I was so excited because as I said I knew the MC this guy great guy Greg Press and he just really brought a lot of energy to it. I, I love a good MC at a race. And uh, so afterwards, I saw him when I was waiting in line to get the burrito, that the free burrito that you got mm-hmm. after the race. And I was like, Greg, I'm so excited. I, I was first in my age group. He's like, yeah, we're not doing age group awards. I was like, oh, wah, wah. Yeah, <laughs> you need to come out and run with me. I know, I know, because the only other age group award I've ever gotten was in that 5K you and I did. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I think you did well enough to place in your age group. And it was, I placed third and I would have just left if you hadn't told me to stick around yeah so yeah you got a plaque i did i did. I have no idea where that plaque is but <laughs> <laughs> so many it's just in, it's in the plaque cabinet with all the rest right. of the awards <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh well i'd say we get on with this 10k show but before we bring on our first guest we're going to chat with a partner stay with us So the first mother runner to join us is Sarah Axelrod, who is joining us from Dartmouth College, but she lives in Florida. And welcome and happy birthday, Sarah. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Skype informed me that it's your birthday. Uh, It was actually Monday. I don't, I wonder if I have it wrong in Skype, but thank you anyway. Yes, yes. (laughs) I was like, wow, news travels fast. (laughs) 
my uh, youngest daughter's birthday was yesterday, so you're in good company. Oh, very good. Cancer yeah. all the way. <laughs> yeah, because we always used to we always used to call her our crab. We had this joke with Ellie. We'd say, hey, Ellie, the ocean called. They want their crabs back. And then, <laughs> she didn't think it was as funny as we did. And then like years later, we realized she wasn't a cancer or a crab. We're like, aha, see, it's perfect. You <laughs> were a crab. That but, is, <laughs> save that for when my daughter gets old enough to give me attitude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Sarah, tell us about your, your family and your kids and where you live and why you are in New Hampshire for the summer. I am in New Hampshire for two weeks, actually, teaching a very, very intensive Italian program, like teaching every day from 8 a.m. until about 9 p.m. with breaks for lesson planning for the rest of the day kind of thrown in there every now and then. Um, So I'm I'm an Italian professor, and this is kind of a really fun and really intensive and totally over-the-top summer program that Dartmouth does, and you basically do a year's worth of Italian in 10 days. Wow. And it's it's very it's very rewarding. The students are great, very appreciative and very eager to learn, which you'd have to be to come here and sleep in a dorm and, um, you know, just go to class all day during the summertime. And so I, I live in Florida, although I am moving to Boston, which is where I'm from originally. It's all very silly and complicated. I have a 10-month-old daughter, so I'm mm-hmm. new to the mother-runner community, but I feel very lucky to have found you. I have a mother-runner friend, Abby Callie, in Stamford, Connecticut, which I know oh. is... Yeah, my hometown. hometown, yeah, and she she totally got me hooked on AMR as soon as I was ready to come back to running after having my daughter. So I I started with the uh, stride into the New Year plan, and it just brought me back body and soul all the way. It made me feel so good, and I was hooked. And I was like, "Where do I go next?" And the answer was the 10K program. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your running background, Sarah. Like, how long have you been a runner, and and what keeps you doing it? I started running as a sophomore in college, uh, an overweight college kid who had just quit the crew team and realized Mm. I needed to learn how to be healthy on my own terms and not just show up to practice because the coach made me and, (laughs) and then, you know, kind of have that check my box for being quote unquote healthy. Um, cause I wasn't especially, and I had sort of a complicated relationship with crew, lots of love and lots of difficulty. And so becoming a runner was really a process of realizing that I could just run for myself and I could exercise for myself and keep up with it. I was every time a big change happened, like when I went back to college after that summer where I started running, or when I went abroad the following year, I was convinced, okay, this is going to be the time when I'm probably just going to stop running. I'm not going to be able to keep up with it. But every time I surprised myself by continuing to run no matter where I was and no matter what I was doing. And I actually ran my first marathon while I was studying abroad in Italy my junior year. Ooh, which was, nice. it's a, where was it? It was in Florence. And it's a net downhill marathon, all you Boston qualifying hopefuls. <laughs> if you want to take a great trip and run a really gorgeous race that starts at the top of a big hill and ends in the center of Florence, I really recommend that one. It was beautiful and just an incredible and empowering experience. And so that, that really gave me the motivation that I, go, that I go back to and that I dip into every time. Um, every time I want to feel like I'm in control of things in my life and certainly having a very young baby 
you you really want to have that feeling as much as you can and you don't get it a whole lot. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah, my advice for motherhood is just lower your standards. And, and in what area? All areas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Personal hygiene, yes, cleanliness, yes. finances. Yeah, mm-hmm. just lower them all the way around. But anyway, uh, so tell us about your recent 10K experience. Uh, I think you did one as part of a Train Like a Mother Club, right? I did, yes. Um, and it was it was not what I expected on race day. So the race day story is not really what I think of, though, when I think of training for that 10K, because the training plan that I did with Coach Christine and the Train Like a Mother Club really just brought me back from this kind of dark place that I was in from having had a baby and dealing with the sleepless nights and the feeling that I was doing everything completely wrong and that there, you know, there was no way I was going to survive this. Um, I, I all of a sudden found myself really looking forward to my run every day in a way that I hadn't in so many years. I was doing the 10K race plan. I decided that rather than go for a really long distance, which is what I had traditionally always liked to do, I wanted to work on challenging myself over a shorter distance in a way that made me nervous. Because mm-hmm. I think I think it was probably Dimity on one of the podcasts that I was listening to. I was listening to like the whole back catalog of it. <laughs> because sometimes having a really young child is just, there's just a lot of sitting on the floor and playing with toys. <laughs> yeah. So I listened to a lot of old AMR episodes and something that someone said about doing things that are outside of your comfort zone and that make you nervous and that are totally different from what you're used to just really resonated with me and so I said all right I'm going to I'm going to do the 10k race plan I'm going to really go after this so there were a lot of hard workouts and the hard workouts initially made me very nervous and I would have trouble sleeping thinking about them but then I would get up in the morning at 4.30, 5 o'clock, excited to do them. And, and afterwards, no matter how they went, I always felt like I did something, I did something hard today. And I did mm-hmm. something, and not only did I do it, I, I did it, I gave it everything I had. And that was a feeling that I could take with me throughout the rest of the day. Even if my daughter's nap schedule just totally fell apart and it was kind of a one minute to the next sort of day, I still had that that workout from that morning that kind of reminded me that there were some things that I really could do and that I had total control over. And sort of an interesting test for how how um, how much I could keep that perspective was the 10K race itself. Because when I signed up for it, I did so because the date was perfect. It was in uh, Miami Beach, so not too far of a drive for me. But other than that, there was really next to no information about what the race would actually be like. And turned out it was an incredibly hilly and full of switchbacks trail race. Oh, oh my goodness. And so it was two loops through this park. And I, you know, living in Florida, many mother runners I know live in Florida and know that hills are not really a thing. I know. I know. When you said a hilly trail race, I'm like, wait, we're talking Florida here. Exactly. Well, see, this was my thought as well. I didn't think there was any way it was going to be different from the running that I was doing on a day-to-day basis. I could not have been more wrong about that. And I finished the race in about about one and a half times as much time as I was hoping for. I don't, that didn't oh make boy. sense. It, yeah. it was 
it was not, it, it was not what I trained for and right. it was not the outcome that I was really hoping to see. So I swallowed that and I told myself that the training was really what it had been all about for me. The training was everything that had been kind of getting me through things and giving me a better perspective on the rest of my life. And a week later, I went out by myself on the road and I put on some Modigo messages, mm. which I, both of you were incredibly inspiring to me. You were in my head as I was doing my little solo 10K and I did a solo 10K and it was not a PR and it was not the kind of, it was not quite the time that I had been hoping for, but it really wasn't that far off uh, for, wow. for a solo race on a very hot day. Um, and, and I you know, totally fell apart at one point and kind of had to like stop and catch my breath and then just get the rest of it done. I had about a mile left to go. And that was about when the, the SBS Motogo message just saying, pour it all out, pour it all out, came on. And hearing that just drove me the rest of the way home. Oh, that, that makes me feel so good. And, and gosh, I mean, major kudos to you for doing that. I mean, a lot of people have been like, okay, I did the race, you know, that's check. It's in my rear view mirror now. Now I'll choose something else. But to be like, okay, you sort of wanted vindication. That's really impressive. Well, thank you. I, it, I felt really good when I did my do over it, that, that made me feel like, okay, I got what I needed here. And now, now I can move on and know that, this, this, all this time that I spent has really brought me a long, long way. Yeah. So. yeah. And you did it even though you said you were nervous about the workout. So you did it even though you were uncomfortable with it. I mean, really good for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And that's important. I think when you have a kid and you're spending so much time focusing on the kid that you're able to just carve out that little tiny bit to push yourself. And do you think that well, it sounds like it did help you mentally. Oh, it really, it really helps me mentally. And yeah. I think you could ask my my husband and my friends who spend time with me. I think they would tell you exactly the same thing. That was, it was a, it was a turning point for me when I started that plan. And I really kind of got myself back on my feet, literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can do anything, can't you? Yeah, yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you can. That's awesome. So, and I, I hear that you hate tempo runs. So making, <laughs> making your um, do over 10 K all the more impressive. So, um, you know, but t- those tempo runs, as you know, are a critical component oh, to training for 10 K if mm-hmm. you want to hone your speed. Mm-hmm. So kind of talk to us about your relationship with tempo runs. And, and I should maybe say um, for people who are listening, tempo runs are segments of tra- a training run that a person runs after a warm up, And those segments are typically at a pace faster than your half marathon pace, but not mm-hmm. as fast as your 5k pace. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. pretty much your 10k pace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, those were the ones that kept me up at night. <laughs> um, I especially the, the ones where so Christine actually, she just did a brilliant job structuring those into the plan, I thought, because she started us out just doing one tempo mile, and then a tempo mile, half mile recovery, and then another tempo mile. And the first time that happened, I was like, Oh, all right. But but you know, it feels it feels doable. Okay, like I did that once. Now I'm going to recover for a little bit. And now I'm going to do it again. Um, the second time is deadly, but, <laughs> but you get through it. And then eventually got to the point where it would be a two mile, two miles of tempo 
you know, no break in between. And, and it was just so gradual. It, you almost didn't notice that you were, you know, about to really go farther at that pace than you had before. And then, um, I think there was one workout where it was one mile tempo recovery, one mile tempo recovery, half mile race pace. And that was, I think the hardest workout on the whole plan. Um, but those were the, I mean, those were the workouts that I was nervous about more than any others. And really gave me a little bit of anxiety. Um, but those were the workouts where I went home and just felt like I can do anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to get in my way now. So that's yeah. great. So what is next on your race calendar? Well, I am at the moment in the heart rate training plan for oh, you the are. half marathon plan. Yeah. So it's you didn't do heart rate for the tempo runs. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, but man, uh, it is totally different. And I love different. I love trying something completely different and just putting my faith in someone. And MK is such a wonderful coach. And, um, she really, she is asking everyone to let go of every, of all of their expectations, let go of what they think is the right way to do something and just try her way for a little while. And I, I, the change in perspective is, is very cool for me. So, uh, I, I can't wait for, for the next big, new, different thing. But at the moment, I'm, I'm really glad that I've kind of committed myself to this. And every time I commit myself to kind of a different person's philosophy and approach, I learn so much. So oh, that's awesome. So that's... what is the race and what is it? It is the Chile Half Marathon in Newton, Mass. And uh, it's the, it, traditionally, it's been very hilly because it's been on the Boston Marathon course. Yeah. You actually run Heartbreak Hill on like the steeper hills behind it kind of. And then you mm-hmm. run down Commonwealth Ave uh, mm-hmm. back to Newton South High School, which is where it starts and finishes. So this year, though, they said that the course is going to be a little bit different. So I, I don't know. But I can't imagine that it's in Newton and does not involve right hills. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to be I, I know MK has got some high knees on hills and other great hill repeats in store for me and I'm oh, I'm looking forward to trying trying the half marathon again. It's been a while for me, but I really can't wait. Yeah, and what's the date on that? November 13th. Oh, okay. Oh, good. So you got some time then. Yeah, so got the heart time. Oh yeah. Heart rate training is longer, right? Heart rate training is longer. These plans yeah. are 20 weeks. And yeah. I actually even started a little earlier because they gave everyone a holding pattern if you weren't in the first wave. So uh-huh. I've been training with heart rate for about eight weeks now. Are you noticing any differences yet or is it too soon? I am. I really am. Um, I'm, I, it, the ease of the runs is something that I initially thought I wouldn't like because of how much I liked the hardness of the runs training for the 10 K. As I was saying before, that was kind of like this very empowering thing for me, mm-hmm. but it's empowering in a different way to finish a run that's, you know, an hour run and know that you could keep running like that for another hour if you had to, and it would probably feel really good. And to finish that run and then feel no soreness, just feel really good for the rest of the day and feel like you can't wait to get out and run again the next day. That's very cool. And mm-hmm. I've definitely, I've had problems with injuries in the past of various kinds. So the fact that, um, the fact that heart rate training, is so gentle on my body is really a new feeling that I am embracing a lot. And my pace has gotten faster at the oh. 140 heart rate. It definitely has. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Do you, get, do you get nervous about those runs like you used to with the tempo runs? No, no, no don't. No nerves. I am never nervous about a run. I, I am like, all right, let's get out there. And that, and the great thing about it is that when I'm at home in Florida where it's so hot, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't matter because the run is going to be easy no matter what if I keep my heart rate under 140. 
So even if it's like four in the afternoon and it is hot outside and the sun is out, I slap on my sunscreen and I know that I'm, I'm going to be fine because I'm just going to go for the time I need to go and I'm going to keep my hurry where it needs to be. And I'm going to get what I need. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it has been a delight talking with you, Sarah. Thank you so much. It's been a delight talking with you too. Thank you so much for for inviting me to be on the show. And congratulations on your amazing race, Sarah. I just had to get that in there. So, so impressed. And that must feel amazing. So congrats. You are are very sweet. Thank you very much, Sarah. Enjoy the rest of your time in New Hampshire. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Here's a voice memo from Janet, who finished first in her age group in a recent 10K. Hi, my name is Janet Sherman. I live in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And on June 26th, I ran the Stadium Stampede 10K in Denver, Colorado, I loved the race. It wasn't too big, not too small, perfect size. It started and ended at Sports Authority Field. It was really well organized. The course was great. I just can't say enough good about the race. My goal going into the race was to take first in my age group. And I guess you could say this was kind of my goal race of the summer. Um, Now that I think maybe my PRs are behind me, I've started to race more for place than for time. And being in Denver and a little bit bigger race pool, I definitely wanted to see what I could do against others in my age group. I'm really happy to say that I did take first in my age group, which required putting myself out there a bit faster than I liked to at the beginning and trying to hold on at the same time, trying to be smart about it and not crash at the end. I really do enjoy the 10K distance. It lets you go a little bit faster than in a half marathon, but yet it's not quite as painful as the 5K. We want to welcome Aaron Lefevre, our next guest who has joined us in studio. Yup, there are now four adults crammed into our guest room slash shipping room for the Mother Runner store. Thanks for joining us, Aaron. Thanks for having me. So Aaron, tell us a bit about you and your family. I know you live about a half mile from here. I have two children. I have a daughter who's seven and my son will be five this weekend. Mm. And I have a wife. Another cancer, right? Yes, she yeah. is. Because my daughter just had a birthday and our previous guest just had a birthday. Oh, look at that. So lots of cancers. It's lots of cancers. So it's five yes. and seven and your wife. Yep. And that's the four of us. Yeah. Dogs? No, we are on the hunt right now. Oh. We used to have one, and we're about ready to get another one. What you looking for? A rescue. Mm -hmm. How long have you been dog-free? A year and a half. Oh, that seems seems about... Aren't you supposed to kind of leave... Some people say leave time to kind of grieve the passing of a pet. I needed that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and they're never alike like you know you can't replace a dog you're gonna it's it's like kids you're gonna get another dog but it's not gonna be your old dog it's gonna be a different dog what what kind of like lab or you know it's a somebody who's gonna get along with everybody Uh who's gonna be willing to be part of the family and be active and run around and be loved on my son's a big lover he loves to give big hugs so (laughs) they have to be tolerant of that yeah but not necessarily a running partner dog no Mm. not necessarily yeah Good deal. Yeah. So, all right. So detail your running background for us. Well, I did some running in high school. I was on track. I did some other sports, cross country ski team in upstate New York. Didn't always mean that there was snow. (laughs) So we did a lot of running. We Mm -hmm. did a lot of hills. We did a lot of running then. And then I started running again when my son was six months old. I did my first couch to 5k. I was going to do that. I was determined. I was going to do the shamrock run. 
Mm-hmm. I did that in 2012. So that was my introduction to race running. So four years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. So relative newbie. Yes. Well, that's I great. Am. And uh, you, you like the 10K, huh? I do like the 10K. And why do you like the 10K? I really settled into that feeling like the great, perfect distance for me. Mm-hmm. It fits well with my body. I can challenge myself. I can push myself. But I don't have to, I haven't run into the issues that I did with doing halves, where I was having some knee IT problems, especially after 10 miles, I would start to have a lot of problems. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was really strange. So I, it, it just feels that I can do more. I can push myself a little bit harder and not worry as much. And I am not, as much as I would love to be, I cannot get up early, early, early in the morning and run my body revolts. Mm. (laughs) So I've just come to accept that about myself. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm doing the shorter distance training, I can get up a little bit later, I can let my body feel better, I can fit it into the day better with the family. Mm -hmm. Do you still do it before breakfast? Or do you do it later in the day? Normally before breakfast, Uh but maybe right after. Like get up at six ish? Mm -hmm. Yeah, somewhere between six and seven. Yeah. Yeah, that just deal. works so much better. Hey, you got to listen to your body. Yes. What's right for your biorhythms. And also with young kids, uh, you know, you, you, and you may not quite even realize this now, you think that you're going to have young kids forever, but you don't. Right. They grow up and life does change mm-hmm. and it does open up possibilities later. So it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you can never get up earlier because, you know, you can go to bed earlier. But at this point in your life, you're doing what's right for you and mm-hmm. and, and you need to... I think have some some peace of mind with that, you know, not feel like, oh, I'm cheating myself because I'm not doing harder. Your kids are only young for a short period of time. Yes. Yeah. I try to remember Good that. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So and how many uh, 10Ks do you typically run in a year and how do you choose your races? Um, well, since I'm sort of new to the whole running world, I, I like to run anywhere between three and four races a year. Mm-hmm. I don't like to do too many. It's a lot easier again with the 10K because I don't feel like the day is just destroyed for me. Mm-hmm. After doing the halves, I felt like, okay, I'm done. I can't do anything else. <laughs> I'm off to I'm done. Yes, I'm taking a long shower. I might lay down for a bit. I'm going to stretch for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll join you for dinner. I mean, that was it. And But now I feel like, okay, I can get up. I can run. I can do my thing. And then I can still participate in the rest of the day with everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is great. Because mm-hmm. the weekend, there's only so much you've got. Mm-hmm. So much time. Mm-hmm. And which races do you choose? Do you... Do you do the ORC races or do you do other 10Ks? I haven't done any of those before. Uh-huh. I tend to pick ones. I don't love the heat. Mm-hmm. So I try not to pick really intense in the middle of summer runs because that's a lot. I like spring runs and I like fall. I'm happy to run in the winter. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bother me in the slightest. I'll run in the rain. I'll run in the cold. Hills okay. Hills are okay. Trails? Yeah. <laughs> I've not any, ever done any trails, but that's something that I've been intrigued by. You know, they've got that uh, trail series on Wednesdays. I think they're 10Ks. I have seen that. Yeah, I know. But you got to get there like 630 on a Wednesday night. Oh, that could be I, tricky. I know. Yeah. yeah. Like how supportive is your spouse? Right. <laughs> yes. Mine is not quite that supportive yet. <laughs> Someone has to make dinner. And if it's right. going to be more than cheese and crackers, it's going to be me. Right. <laughs> if you want everybody to be fed. Yeah. It's very important. Yes. <laughs> um, so and which do you find tougher, the first half of the race or the second half? The first half. It mm. takes my body a little bit of time to work into it. When I was first, the first two years before I 
started doing all my trainings through another mother runner, I was doing just 5Ks. And I kept thinking, why? I just feel awful. I don't know why. I just every time I run, I feel awful. And the realization of it takes my body about two miles to start to feel, okay, we can do this. I don't feel yucky. I don't feel achy. And I then I felt like I could have more energy to go. Mm-hmm. So it's that that perfect sweet spot of not the 5k, not the half, but the 10k is a good distance. So I feel like I have a lot of energy towards the end. I can I can really push myself and go. Good for you. Nice, nice. So if I'm not mistaken, you have done every single training program. Yes. With um, that I we've have. ever done both in the original version. Yes. And now it's the train like a mother club. Yes. So I think I think a little high five there. Um, we need to make a better, better sound. There. there it is. That was a very silent high five. <laughs> Are you doing heart rate training now? I am not. I'm okay. doing another 10K. Gotcha. And mm-hmm. uh, you also help me pack swag for participants. I do, yes. which I love. Oh, and I'm so <laughs> grateful for your help. And um, so what are some training or racing tips that you picked up from the Train Like a Mother Club or from other people in it or the coaches or whatever that you have put into use when you do a 10K? I would say probably the biggest thing is trust your training mm-hmm. because the training is phenomenal. I have had moments where I think, am I going to do this? Am I going to make it through? Yes, I am. Because the training that I did that led me to this point will carry me through this. It's very powerful. I've also learned that, you know, you can run up a hill six times and survive. (laughs) It's going to be okay. I I didn't realize that at first. So, And then it always ends up being eight. I'm like, six would have just been fine. I don't want to do eight. I I always complain about that. Molly always says that when we have to do strides at the end of a Uh workout. She's like, why does it always have to be eight? Why can't it be six? Six is a much better number. Yes, yes, you can. And uh, have you seen your times getting fat, gotten become Improve. faster uh-huh. yes 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 i have i definitely have seen that because you're four years so you must uh you know mm-hmm. you must have seen a big improvement in the beginning yes. and but are, you're still seeing improvement mm-hmm. so so what's your fastest uh, 10k i am terrible with numbers unlike <laughs> sarah i don't remember uh-huh. i never remember my numbers for me it's was it 30 minutes no no, <laughs> no it was definitely it was, not it was longer than that for me okay. it's the it's how i feel at the end uh-huh I love the idea of finishing the race with a smile on your face. And yeah. that is so important to me. And that is how I always feel. But you feel like you're becoming more powerful, oh, definitely. more confident. Most definitely. Do you journal too about your You know, I and- don't. Mm-hmm. And that might be a good idea to start doing that. I know people yeah. do. Mm-hmm. I always start off with good intentions and then I'm like, I'm tired of it. <laughs> I had too much. To and then think I go about. back to, I go back to review it and all I have is like the first two weeks. Yeah. Like, oh, was, Why oh. didn't I write more? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well thank you for joining us, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. And I'll see you tomorrow to pack some swag. Sounds good. <laughs> Let's hear from Jennifer, who used to always shy away from the 10K distance. My name is Jennifer, and I'm from a small town in Arkansas called Arkadelphia. A group of my best running friends and I went to my hometown of Conway to run in a 10K race in February. It was called Freezing for a Reason, and we did. It was very cold on race day, but we were doing it in support of a very good cause, Arkansas Children's Hospital. I'd run several 5Ks and several half marathons over the years, but I've always shied away from the 10K distance. As the middle of the pack runner, I knew this distance would be fast like a 5K and long like a half marathon. I've always felt like I could handle one or the other, 
but not both in a single race. I was surprised to find that I really enjoyed the 10K race. It's my new favorite distance behind a half marathon. I would encourage anyone who is looking beyond a 5K but not quite ready for a half marathon to give a 10K race a try. So now we are joined by yet another Sarah, this time one with no H, and she's going to talk to us about running 10Ks. Here's Sarah Roach, who is a speedster, who is sixth woman overall in a 10K she raced on July 3rd with a time of 46 minutes and one slim second. Welcome, Sarah. (laughs) Thank you very much, Sarah. It's great to be here. So Sarah, tell us where you live, how many kids you have, all that good stuff. Um, I live uh, near Chicago in the northwest suburbs. And I have three kids. Um, My daughters are 11 and 9, so they're starting middle school in the fall, the oldest one, and then the middle ones entering fourth grade in the fall. And then I have a son who's six, and he's entering first grade. Nice. Oh, very good. So how long have you been a runner, and how often do you run 10Ks? Um, I've only been a runner since 2013, the spring of 2013. And you're so fast. <laughs> I know, and you've run Boston. Like. All right, that's it. We're hanging up. <laughs> yeah. It was it was nice talking to you. Yeah. No, it wasn't. We're out of here. <laughs> wow. What did you do before that? You had, like, competitive biking or, you know. I really just... was not any athlete whatsoever. Oh. Uh, I was very, in high school, middle school, I was very bookish and, I was into the band, so I was playing on the sidelines of games, but I wasn't actually playing them. And then I guess it's just kind of a normal mother runner tale. I mean, I just, uh, I had had my third child in 2009, and I was having trouble losing the baby weight. And so I had this very dusty, neglected treadmill in my basement. So Mm -hmm. I decided to... uh, get on it and start doing a walk, run. I didn't know anything about couch to 5K, any of that, but I was kind of making that up. And then when the kids went to bed, I would do that pretty much every night. Um, And then my treadmill broke. Oh, no. And I was, you know, I didn't want to lose my momentum. So I got outside. I downloaded a little running app on my phone. I'm, like, holding it in my hand because I didn't have an armband or anything. And I went out on the trail um, by my house and oh my gosh, a switch was flipped. I was saying, you know, I wasn't really hooked on the whole running thing until then, but I did five miles that day and I just wow. not believe it. Wow. So, wow, wow, wow. So, so do you mean up until then you had only been running on the treadmill? Yes, I oh. had, um, just well, be- because it was pretty late at night when I was able to do it. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I was like, well, the outside was always there. (laughs) (laughs) But it it does make a huge difference, doesn't it, to get outside? Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Amazing. So then after that, I I kind of knew about a a very local 5K. So I joined that and I didn't do too horribly. So and I kind of caught the running bug. So then I started moving up and uh, 10K um, has... I my next race I ran was a 10K, and it's always been one of my favorites ever since. Although now I've mostly moved up to the marathon in terms of my goal races, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So wait, so how many marathons have you run if you've only been running since 2013? I, I moved up pretty quickly. My first marathon was in the spring of 2014, mm-hmm. and I used uh, Train Like a Mother plan, and I loved nice. it. Nice. 
And then uh, my second marathon in October of 2014 was the Chicago Marathon, and that's my first Boston qualifier. So oh, I goodness. and you qualified. I did. I oh did. Oh my goodness! And that was the marathon I used to run Boston this spring. Do you have some Kenyan heritage or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just maybe you got to do the genetics, huh? I'm very. Um, I guess I'm just in love with running, and so I'm very, I'm a grinder, very hard worker. If I have a training plan, I'm going to follow it. So I think that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I like that term, grinder. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's interesting because, so I also it must go with the name. I'm a good rule follower, and when I'm on a training plan, like I do exactly what it says. But then this morning, the, um, I still had a workout that Bree, my coach, had laid out. And it was the first time that Molly and I just were like, not like we were missing, you know, we were supposed to be doing 30 seconds on and then, you know, run easy for a minute 30. And then we would like, I'd like miss it starting the next one by like 15 seconds or 40 seconds or something. And when I'm training, when I have that race in front of me, I never miss those. I'm always like right mm. on and this. I'm like, oh, Molly, I think we're like 40 seconds late to start our next interval. <laughs> and look, there's a house that's for sale. We got to stop. <laughs> right. We got to stop and let <laughs> ourselves into the backyard yeah, like and look through the window. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh I, I totally get what you're saying. And yeah, I'm pretty, I feel inadequate a little bit when I, you know, miss that recovery interval. Uh, oh, yeah. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, when you're on a plan, you need to work the plan. Exactly. That's what it's there for. It's mm-hmm. not there for you to improvise and say, okay, I'm going to do the part of the plan I want. That's not the idea, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right, right. So what advice do you have for people looking to go faster in a 10K? I mean, how did you get so fast? You say you're a grinder, but like it was a speed work. Um, well, I definitely did a lot of speed work. Um, after I did the last year's Chicago Marathon, 2015, my times have been kind of always kind of in the same range for all the different distances I was racing. Uh-huh. So, um, and I was doing training plans out of a book at that time. Um, but then uh, I decided to hook up with a coach that's oh. local here um, after Chicago to prepare for the Boston Marathon. Mm-hmm. And um, she's been putting me on different types of speed work than I had been doing, plus strength training. Um, oh. I'd never actually done that before. Um, I was pretty much a newbie at that, but I do that twice a week now. So do you think it's made like 5% difference, 10% difference, 30% difference? Uh, I'm not really sure, but I do feel a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it's helping to ward off injury. And I think that that's another thing besides following the training plan is just putting together week after week of consistent workouts. Yeah. It's like building a house. So, yeah. you know, the strength training really helps me to feel stronger and to be stronger. Um, and then the speed work she's putting me on is, is good too. I, um, after Boston, it took a while to get my legs back, but then we started preparing for this 10K. And she put me on um, shorter intervals, and usually on Tuesdays, and then longer intervals, like mile repeats, mm. on Thursdays. And I really felt like the mile repeats was an important part of uh, for a 10K. And then were you, were you doing running workouts on Wednesday, or what were you doing on Wednesday? Oh, yeah. I would do, um, you know, more, maybe about a longer, you know, maybe like a seven-miler, but... And at an easier pace, 
So um, I when I I love 10Ks, but I normally do them kind of at the start of a marathon training cycle because right now I'm preparing for Chicago. Um, I really like the Chicago Marathon, as you can tell. I'd say so, yeah. <laughs> um, so I I really like 10Ks to kind of show me where my fitness is at when I start a new cycle, which is what I'm doing now. So, hmm. so then how many 10Ks have you done overall? Um, well, when I first started running, I did a lot of them. They're really hard to find around here. Hmm. Um, and I wish that there were more because I really like the distance because I really have no, I, I don't think I have a fast twitch muscle really. So, <laughs> so the 5k is a little fast for me. So this is a way, the 10k is a way for me to get my speed on a little bit, but, um, then my endurance can show through a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd say total, I've probably run about six, maybe, uh, yeah, around in that neighborhood. I try to find them whenever I can, usually like in the early summer. Mm. But uh, I just, I, I do like the distance a lot. So Sarah, how do you handle the hurt that uh, a company is getting in fifth gear and staying there for 6.2 miles? Well, actually, I, I really like the 10K for for that aspect of it because it seems like I don't have to use as many tricks as I would during a marathon or a half marathon. It, it seems that it's over. I mean, it is over quicker, but I don't have to quite trick myself as much. But when I do have to, which is usually around like mile three, because mm. it seems like you still have a long way to go. Mm. Um, I just like, I do a lot of my workouts on the treadmill just for scheduling reasons and pace control reasons. And that gets a little boring. So I tell myself a lot when I'm doing my, my workouts that if I can just hang on for five more minutes mm. mm-hmm. and, or, and once it gets to 20 minutes, I say, you can do anything for 20 minutes. So that kind of helps me. I just stay strong for five more minutes. And then when that gets there, five more minutes. Mm. And um, music also really helps me because I don't usually run with music unless I'm oh. racing. So my mm-hmm. playlist is pretty fresh. And it's, I, so I, I'm jamming out to the tunes. I uh, definitely, I, I listened when Molly's not with me, I, I listen to something, either a podcast or music, but I do not listen to the playlist that I've made before the race. And right. so that, so that at least the order of it's new and, and like this time I bought a couple extra songs on iTunes. So I was like, Oh yeah, I haven't, you know, I don't own that song usually. So I don't listen to it. So I, I, Definitely agree that having fresh music makes a big difference. Yes, the power of a new song. And also, I kind of try to forget where I put it on the playlist mm. so that it's more of a surprise. Yeah. So I have to ask then, do you put it on shuffle or do you have a specific order you like it to be in? Um, I'm not really, well, it all, I was really a slave to the order until uh-huh. I ran my second marathon and it got on shuffle by accident. Oh, goodness. So... Since then, I've kind of let go of, you know, needing it to be in a certain order just in case. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny because I, in my PR marathon, it was, uh, mine was accidentally on shuffle and I could not let go. And so I stopped, I don't know, maybe a mile and a half or two miles in and switched it so that it did not shuffle. I just was like, no, 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 this isn't how it's supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And it, that, that was an emergency worth stopping for. 
<laughs> I've run with the same playlist for like the last five years. Oh Isn't that funny? So you're like, what are these women talking about? Yeah, it's the same, same old songs. I maybe need some fresh songs. And my playlist is so funny. Yeah, I've got like Oklahoma on there and <laughs> stuff that motivates me, I guess. I don't know. It's funny. How so is. I find it's funny to look back at old playlists because uh-huh. sometimes I'll look back at old playlists to get inspiration for the new one. Like, oh, what's a like go to song I really like? And I was like, I looked at one, I was like, whoa, I used to really like Glee a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And so uh, is Chicago your next race then, Sarah? Yeah. uh, Well, I'll probably do, I'm looking for another 10K Mm -hmm. and another half marathon before that. But my my big next goal race is is Chicago. Nice, nice. All right. Well, good luck with that. And thanks for joining us, Sarah. Thank you very much. It was great. Here's a voice memo from Katie in Chicago, who offers a different opinion on 10K races. Hi, this is Katie from Chicago. So I hate the 10K. I loathe the 10K. The one that I usually do with my friends is in late July in Chicago. It's hot, it's humid, and it's always so crowded. My personal issue is that I always tell myself it's way less than a half, so then I don't think I really need to train for it. I also always go out about my 5K pace, both of which I seriously regret at about mile four when I start looking for the finish line. Give me a 5K or a half marathon. 10Ks are for the birds. Thanks. Bye. Our final guest today is Tasha Shepard, a Georgia peach of a runner. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Okay, so what's your story, Tasha? Where in Georgia do you live? How many kiddos do you have? And do you work outside the home? Well, my family and I live in middle Georgia. We're almost in, right in the middle of the state. So with just a few hours, we could be at the beach or the mountains or downtown Atlanta. Um, my husband and I have been married for 19 years. We have one son who is 15. He will start the 10th grade in a few weeks, and he is learning how to drive. Uh-oh. <laughs> and um, I do work outside the home. I work for a ready-mix concrete company locally oh. here. Cool. Nice, nice. Molly and I were talking this morning. Her youngest daughter just turned 16, and I was like, oh, is she going to, you know, get her driver's license? And, and she was saying that. Um, she doesn't seem to be in any rush. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to push it. I've noticed that, too, that, um, you know, we, we offer my uh, son chances to drive and depending on where we're going and what vehicle we're taking, he'll say, no, I don't want to today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a lot more traffic than there is now. I think we, I grew up in a smaller town than where we, where we were at. So mm-hmm. there was a lot less opportunities for accidents and things like that. So it's a little intimidating for them now, I think. Yeah. And in Portland, the kids are so good at mass transit. Uh, they just, a lot of kids don't get their driver's licenses until they go to college. It's, that's not that uncommon. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or they can ride their bikes places too. Yeah. So, yeah. So how long have you been a runner, Tasha? And, and what do you love best about our sport? Um, I have, I started running in February of 2012. Um, when I was 38 years old, my doctor and I had a math lesson. He told me that while I was still at a healthy weight for my height, I had gained 10 pounds over the past year. And looking back in my chart, I had gained 10 pounds the prior year. And he told me that 10 plus 10 plus 10, well, you get the idea, would start to become a problem. Mm -hmm. So um, I downloaded the Couch to 5K app 
and that was it. I downloaded it, but you actually have to <laughs> you actually have to open that app and use it. So you do. Oh my yes, gosh! Like what a bogus app is that? <laughs> so a few months later, I was on Facebook and um, I saw a post that my cousin had put on online. She had run a five k. I believe it was her first five k. And I had not seen her in person in years, but I knew through Facebook that she had three babies close in age and she led a really busy life. And she stood there in her picture in a yellow tank top and a cute little running skirt with her bib pinned on. And she looked so bright and so alive and so happy. And I thought if this mother of three could train to do this, I basically had no excuse. So that was the turning point in between downloading the app and actually using the app. So (laughs) Um, on February 20th, 2012, I can remember that because it was my parents' wedding anniversary. That was day one, week one of Couch to 5K. Um, what I love about the sport is that it brings people of all ages and stages and sizes and backgrounds. It, any, anybody can, can do this if they put their mind and their heart to it. And I think mm-hmm. that they had the support, um, my husband was not really interested at all in running until he went to watch me at my first 5K, and I think that sparked an interest. And um, he realized that, oh, a lot of people do this, and not everybody wins, but they still have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, not everybody wins. It sounds like the type of race they'll have with these, you know, our pampered kids. Like each child will win. They'll reset up the tape for them to break. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, right, right. And every everybody wins, actually. We're all winners. Um, That's true. That's true. We're all running a different race. Mm -hmm. So you haven't been doing this very long. You said 2012, so it's just been four years. Yep. And you've kept with it. Four years. You got off the couch and you're still going. That's right. And you're a whole lot cuter than your cousin now, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. She's she's still pretty cute. Oh, all right. Um, But I have not had to have any more math lessons with my daughter. So I'm thankful for that. (laughs) Yeah, that is good. And you've run the Peachtree Road Race three times with more than 54,000 runners. That's that's almost as many people as go to Ohio State. That is a huge group. (laughs) That's a huge group of runners. It is. It is. I I was doing a little fact checking before our um, podcast and I looked, and there were 56,966 finishers at this race. Oh, so it's gotten bigger because I just Googled yesterday because I wanted to see how big it was, and it came up. It's the biggest race in the U.S., Yes, Peachtree Road Race. So, so, okay, so there's a lot of people, uh, but what keeps you coming back year after year, and how dang crowded does it feel? (laughs) Well, I've always heard that the Peachtree Road Race was described as a per-race. Part race, part parade. That's a good one. And I can say that that's truly a good description because the crowd support is unbelievable. You have families come out and they line the streets from start to finish. Wow. And they bring their families out. They bring coolers of ice cubes for the runners. They bring watermelon, popsicles. Because it's in the summer, right? Yes, it's July 4th. Yeah. (laughs) In Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, yes. You guys are crazy. Um, and, but there's vans along the course. There's restaurants offering um, pizza. I saw someone with a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> there's just a little bit of everything. And the city of Atlanta and the Atlanta Track Club do a phenomenal job at keeping everybody organized. Um, I was in, they, they put you in corrals, and I was in the J Corral this year. And um, 
your number or your letter is on your bib. And if you try to go anywhere, but where you're supposed to be, they will not let you. <laughs> and I, that, I mean, you can't, you just can't make any exceptions with a crowd that big. And um, I have seen people try and I've seen what they do to you when you, you try to go in the wrong place. You can go anywhere in your corral back, but you can't um, go forward. Now, they must have more than 26 corrals, though, if, if J, you know, there's well, 26 letters in the alphabet. That's where I got that number from. They, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I've never thought about that, but I, I don't know. How um, long do you think it takes to get everybody across the start line? Probably the, the elite runners start about 10 after seven, I think in the morning, my corral started at 10 after eight. <gasps> so it's, I mean, it's noon before everybody's finished. Yeah, Cause you're in the, cause you're in the middle. If you're J that's not yeah. even the middle, you know, right. that's three shy of the middle. So that, right. wow. Oh and you God. like this yeah. race. You keep coming back. I mean, just parking alone has got to be a nightmare. <laughs> well, the parking, park. the heat, the time you don't park. What do you do? You don't park. We, we, um, we stayed in a hotel that was near a MARTA station. Oh. <clears throat> excuse me so we rode marta to the start and, and then that's the public transportation we, mm-hmm. right right and then we planned it so that our hotel was about a mile walk from the finish so you you start near the buckhead area in atlanta and you finish at piedmont park and mm-hmm. then you follow the crowd either back to your hotel or back to a marta station but if anybody comes and parks i have no idea where they would do that mm-hmm. wow <laughs> wow Everybody pretty much takes MARTA, which in and of itself is another thing that is, I mean, you're, you're packed in there, but the fact that you can even get on a train and get there that many people at that time of the morning is, is pretty amazing. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, and then do you do other 10 Ks to see what kind of move you can bust without say 50,000 of your closest pals (laughs) surrounding you? (laughs) Um, I have my PR for a 10 K was at um, Callaway Gardens here over in West Georgia and they have a twilight 10K similar to what you did, Sarah, except uh-huh. yours, based on the pictures, was actually twilight. This one starts about 4.30 in the afternoon. Oh, so yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I don't know. They call it the twilight 5K, but it's definitely during the day. Uh-huh. Um, I believe that re- that was an hour and two minutes, I think. That was my PR. Not quite under an hour for a 10K yet, but I was proud of that time. And that's a beautiful course. It's in the fall, so the leaves are falling off the trees and dancing around with you as you run. So it was really pretty. And a little bit cooler. Yes, a lot cooler. Mm -hmm. And a lot flatter than downtown Atlanta, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How long do you typically train for a 10K? Um, I try to keep my base mileage between four and five miles Mm-hmm. anyway, just to keep the math lessons, you know, from happening at the doctor. <laughs> and so usually if I have one scheduled, I just kind of bump up the longer runs on the weekend. And recently I've started adding speed work to, oh, um, to the routine. So this was actually my third, this morning was my third track workout with a group of ladies from the MRTT group here locally. And, um, oh, that's tough. That's really tough. It is. It is, but it's good for you. But I'm excited to see um, what that may, what kind of effect that has on fall races. So, so and what type of workouts are you doing with them? Um, it's we do. The first time I went, it was four four hundred meter re- repeats with a two hundred meter um, recovery. Recovery, yeah. Uh-huh. And um, the second time 
the lady who's actually heading this up, I, we're so fortunate to have her because usually people have to pay to get this, but she loves what she does and she loves sharing information. So she's just kind of um, deemed herself the helper of us all who want to become faster. And um, we did a magic mile the second time mm-hmm. we went out there. And then today she bumped it up a little bit, although I'm not quite sure I'm ready for that. So I improvised a little bit. She, we did six 400s and we jogged our recovery instead of walk the recovery. Uh-huh. And several people have been going for many weeks, so they were ready for that, but I wasn't quite ready, but I'll get there. Uh-huh. And so you said that you're, you know, hoping to improve your speed a little. Are you looking to go under an hour in the fall or what it, do you have a time I goal in mind? Would, I would love to go under an hour in the fall, uh-huh. but the conditions would have to be perfect and uh-huh. flat and, uh-huh. you know, it cannot be 90 degrees. <laughs> it, it cannot be. I mean, that, that no. is the, I mean, that's, I, my race was very flat and it was overcast and it was cool for a summer yeah. race. So, yeah. You know, the stars I told my husband line. that my wave went off at 10 after eight on um, July 4th and I would never dream of starting a race or, or, or a run at 10 after eight at this time of year. I'm usually starting at five or five thirty, and I'm done and showered and having coffee by that time of the morning. <laughs> but <laughs> with your heat training uh, like that, you do pick the right race. You are going to go significantly faster. So you should look for a fall race again. I hope so. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping to find one maybe um, late October when it's a guaranteed cooler. And cooler, cooler is all relative. How cool does it get in October? Is it 60s or? 60s probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. getting there. It's getting there. Yeah. <laughs> I like to start a race in the 50s. Like that's, I mean. Me too. 50s, and, yeah. And I'm even okay with 40s. And Sarah uh-huh. probably may have shared the picture I that I sent her. <laughs> I heard. Yeah. All the clothes you, on you. You wearing all the clothes saying that it was yes. 20 at the start and you're wearing what looks like an entire running store of clothes. <laughs> I know. I wore almost everything I had. but. And you peeled off one shirt. <laughs> yes. One, one layer. I peeled it off. But how old are you, Tasha? I'm 42. Okay. Yeah. So as you, as you get older, you kind of get warmer. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like, it is nice to have those cool merchants. I show up, I have like, my, my daughter has got all these clothes on, you know, she's a tiny little thing and I've got shorts and a tank top on. <laughs> and I'm like, let's go. <laughs> Weather's good. <laughs> she's freezing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, good luck with your new training with your, uh, at the track and with some fall races, Tasha. Thanks so much for joining with us. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. So let's hear from Jen Rucker, another marathoner in training who turned to the 10K as a tune-up race. Hi, my name is Jen and I live in Rockville, Maryland. I ran a 10K on July 4th as part of my fall marathon training. When I registered for the race, I was just looking for something that fit my schedule. You can imagine my surprise when I showed up race morning and saw hills in every direction and they all seemed to be going up. The course was more challenging than I expected and my finish time was a couple of minutes slower than I had hoped. However, running this challenging 10K showed me I'm exactly where I should be at my training at this point and gives me the confidence that two more months will really prepare me for that flat marathon course in September. So we're going back to the topic of 10Ks. You can run a 10K race or a half marathon or 5K as part of the AMR Retreat Run Plus Refresh happening in beautiful Spokane, Washington, September 22nd to 25th. The focus of the retreat, in addition to fun and making friends, is the Happy Girls Spokane race on the Saturday of the retreat. Choose to run the 5K, 10K, or half marathon. 
or keep me company near the finish line as I'm the race MC. And Molly, just this morning, you told me you're planning on doing the Happy Girls 10K while you're at the retreat. Yeah, well, no, I guess I have to do it. It was just an idea. But yeah, I I, I think I'm going to do it. I'm looking forward to a, a trail racey thingy. It's going to be fun. It is going to be super fun. So and in the two days leading up to the Saturday race, numerous experts will share training and racing advice. There will be yoga sessions led by the renowned yogini Sage Roundtree, foam rolling clinics, talks by a sports dietitian, and plenty of time to relax, including exploring Spokane's charming downtown or lounging by the host hotel's lovely pool. Also, also, we're recording a podcast on the first night of the retreat because three of my co-hosts will be there. There'd be Dimity, Coach Christine, and Molly. Yay. <laughs> For all the details and to register, go to anothermotherrunner.com slash retreat. Again, that's anothermotherrunner.com slash retreat. We really hope you'll join us in Spokane in September. Whatever distance you run, many happy miles. Happy miles.